Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. We have a better covenant upon better promises, and we have a better relationship with God. All these things we strive for and work for and hope for and pray for, we already have those things because Jesus gave it all to us. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Thursday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. Today, I'm nearing the end of my third week of teaching on Discover the Keys to Staying Full of God. You know, this title always needs a little bit of explanation. I'm not going to be taking the time to do it, but the title may not ring your bell, but I promise you what I've been teaching on is powerful. This has literally transformed my life. And I just know in my heart that as I've been teaching on this for the last nearly three weeks, that this is changing people and changing your impression of God and how to receive from God. So this is very, very powerful. I've been teaching from Romans chapter 1 and verse 21. And that scripture says that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. There's four things listed there that people did to diminish and stop God's operation in their life. We are turning it around and saying it this way, that if you would glorify God and be thankful and use your imagination in a positive way, then your heart would stay sensitive to God and the blessing and the power of God would continue to flow through you unhindered. Now, I've been teaching on this for about three weeks. I hadn't got time to go back through all of that. But this last week, I've been talking about your imagination. In Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, it says, The Lord will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon him, because he trusteth in him. And the word that was translated mind right there. It's a Hebrew word that literally was translated imagination a number of times in the Old Testament, and it literally means conception. So your imagination is where you conceive things. And I spent a couple of days trying to explain this because most people, when you use the word imagination, they think that you're talking about something that's not real. It's something that's not present at this moment, but your imagination is real. Your imagination is powerful. The Lord said over in uh, Genesis chapter 11, verse 6, He says, Now nothing that they have imagined will be restrained from them. Your imagination is where you conceive things. If you can't imagine it in your heart, you can't have it in your hand. You have to conceive things in your imagination. You know, let me just give you a personal testimony that uh, at the end of 2001, we had come to a place to where we were outgrowing the facility that we had over on Robinson Street in Colorado Springs. It was a 14,600 square foot building, and I mean we were maxed out. And our Bible school uh, just could not contain the people. I actually had to stand on my TV set and teach because we didn't have enough room for a separate room for the TV set. And, and we had to uh, do television around school. Anyway, we had porta potties that were put outside and we turned all of the indoor toilets into women's toilets, made the men go outside in the winter in Colorado. We needed a new place. So we started the process of looking for a new place. 
And anyway, in, in this process, the Lord just showed me I was thinking too small. And there's a number of things happened. I won't go through this whole testimony. I've actually got a book on this entitled Don't Limit God. I've got CDs and DVDs where I expand on this and uh, teach it in more detail. But as we begin this process of looking for a new place, God just told me that I was limiting Him by my small thinking. And here's the verse that He used in Psalms chapter 78. He was talking about the Israelites when they came out of Israel. And in verse 40, it says, How oft did they provoke Him in the wilderness and grieve Him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Man, there is a lot in that verse. And like I said, I've got about a six-tape series on the things that God showed me out of this. I'm not going to be able to share all of that with you, but it's really powerful. And the Lord spoke to me that I was limiting Him by my small thinking. Now, let me just give some context to this. The Lord touched my life in 1968, and instantly I began to dream big. You could say, use my imagination that the things God was doing in my life, I just knew that God wanted me to share them with people all over the world. And yet, I was a hick from Texas. There was no guarantee that I'd ever make it outside of Texas. There was no guarantee that I'd touch anybody, but I began to dream about it. And my imagination, I saw it. And within a short period of time, by the time that I got married in 1972, my wife and I both knew that someday we were going to travel the world and we were going to re reach people all around the world. We didn't know the details of how it would come, but that was the uh, dream in our heart. You could say our imagination. It was our vision, and that was all in imagination. There was nothing in the natural that supported it. Matter of fact, I went for over a decade after we were in ministry and stuff, and people were staying away from my meetings by the thousands. I mean, the largest crowd I ever had. I pastored three little churches, and the largest crowd I ever had was 100. And that was in a town of 144 people. So percentage-wise, it was good. But it, it, how are you going to reach the world from Pritchett, Colorado? Most of you don't know where Pritchett is. You can't find it on most maps. And if you were to go to Pritchett, you blink, you'd miss it. I mean, Pritchett, Colorado is nowhere. It's so close to the end of the world that you could see it from Pritchett, Colorado. And yet, I was dreaming about all of these things. But because there was nothing in the natural that corresponded or that looked like my dream was coming to pass, I had just kind of put it on a shelf and I was dealing with where I was and being faithful with where I was. And there's a great lesson in that, too, that, you know, you're... The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, says, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There's stages. In uh, Mark chapter 4, I believe it's verse 28, there's first the blade, then the ear, and then the full corn in the ear. There's growth and there's stages. I wasn't to the place where, you know, it was time yet. And so because of it, I had this vision of touching people all over the world with the truths that had changed my life. But it was off in the future, so I kind of put it on the shelf. And I had quit dreaming, and I was being occupied with what I had. And then when the Lord spoke to me and showed me that I was limiting Him, this happened. I, it finally became a total revelation 
ON JANUARY THE 31ST, 2002. AND AT THAT TIME, I MEAN GOD DRILLED THIS VERSE INTO ME HOW I HAD LIMITED THE HOLY ONE OF ISRAEL. AND I REMEMBER THE NEXT DAY GETTING UP IN FRONT OF A GROUP OF MINISTERS AND SAYING THAT I HAVE LIMITED GOD, BUT I'M NOT GOING TO DO THIS ANYMORE. THAT WAS ON JANUARY 31ST, 2002. FEBRUARY THE 11TH, 2002, I CALLED MY STAFF TOGETHER. I HAD 28 EMPLOYEES AT THAT TIME, AND I CALLED MY STAFF TOGETHER, AND I SAID, I DON'T KNOW HOW LONG IT TAKES TO CHANGE THIS IMAGE ON THE INSIDE TO SEE THINGS DIFFERENTLY. I SAID, I DON'T KNOW IF IT TAKES A WEEK, A MONTH, A YEAR, BUT I AM GOING TO CHANGE. AND I AM... AND I STARTED SPEAKING FORTH MY VISION. AND I WAS SHOCKED AT HOW QUICKLY THINGS BEGIN TO CHANGE. AND I COULD GO INTO MORE DETAIL. AGAIN, THIS TEACHING, IF YOU WANT TO GET IT, THEY WILL GIVE YOU SOME INFORMATION ABOUT HOW YOU CAN RECEIVE IT. BUT DON'T LIMIT GOD. IT'LL GO INTO ALL OF THE DETAILS. BUT DID YOU KNOW, AT THE TIME THAT THE LORD SHOWED ME THAT, WE WERE IN A BUILDING ON ROBINSON STREET IN COLORADO, COLORADO SPRINGS, THAT HAD 14,600 SQUARE FEET. DID YOU KNOW THAT IN THE LAST SIX AND A HALF YEARS, WE NOW HAVE GAINED OVER 800,000 SQUARE FEET OF BUILDINGS, AND WE ARE GOING TO HAVE A LOT MORE THAN THAT. AT THE TIME, WE HAD PROBABLY MAYBE TWO ACRES THAT OUR MINISTRY WAS BUILT ON OVER ON ROBINSON STREET. WE NOW HAVE 493 ACRES. WE HAD 28 EMPLOYEES AT THAT TIME. WE NOW HAVE 650 EMPLOYEES. WE HAD AT THAT TIME PROBABLY TWO MILLION OR LESS IN A YEARLY INCOME. WE NOW JUST GOT THROUGH AND, and uh, WE HAD OVER $75 MILLION WORTH OF INCOME. WE WERE REACHING APPROXIMATELY 3 TO 4% OF THE U.S. POPULATION ON TELEVISION IN 2002. NOW WE REACH OVER HALF OF THE WORLD'S POPULATION. OVER 4 BILLION PEOPLE CAN WATCH MY PROGRAM ON A DAILY BASIS. YOU TALK ABOUT TAKING THE LIMITS OFF A of GUY, AND YOU KNOW HOW IT ALL STARTED? GOD TOLD ME I WAS LIMITING HIM BY MY SMALL THINKING, BY MY IMAGINATION. AND SO THE VERY FIRST THING THAT HAPPENED, I HAD TO START DREAMING BIG. NOW, YOU KNOW, uh, BACK IN 1968, I HAD STARTED DREAMING, BUT THERE WAS THIS GROWTH PERIOD, AND uh, I HAD TO GO THROUGH SOME THINGS, AND SO I JUST HAD KIND OF LEARNED TO PUSH MY DREAMS TO THE SIDE. BUT IN 2002, THE LORD SPOKE TO ME, IT'S TIME FOR ME TO GET THOSE DREAMS OUT AND START DREAMING BIG. AND MAN, SINCE THEN, IT IS PHENOMENAL WHAT GOD HAS DONE. I'M NOT SAYING ANY OF THESE THINGS TO BRAG ON MYSELF, BUT TO BRAG ON JESUS AND TO SHOW WHAT HAPPENS WHEN YOU TAKE THE LIMITS OFF GOD. WHETHER YOU REALIZE IT OR NOT, IF YOU AREN'T USING YOUR IMAGINATION AND DREAMING BIG, YOU ARE LIMITING GOD. AND I KNOW THAT THAT'S A STARTLING STATEMENT TO MOST OF YOU. MOST PEOPLE HAVE ACTUALLY BEEN TAUGHT NOT TO DREAM BIG. MATTER OF FACT, IF YOU GO TO A DOCTOR, THEY ARE GOING TO TELL YOU WORST CASE SCENARIO, AND THEY WILL OFTEN SAY, NOW, DON'T GET YOUR HOPES UP. AND YOU KNOW, THERE'S REASONS WHY THEY DO THIS, BECAUSE IF THEY PAINTED IT, OH, THIS ISN'T SERIOUS, AND THEN THERE WAS A COMPLICATION AND YOU DIED, WELL, THEN THE RELATIVES WOULD HAVE 
uh, reason to come back and sue them because they didn't take it seriously or something. And so they make themselves liable. So you will have the doctors give always worst case scenario. They will tell the relatives, don't get your hopes up. They are constantly trying to decrease and destroy your imagination and positive things coming out of this. And you know what? I understand why they do it, but it is detrimental. You need to get your hopes up. FAITH IS THE SUBSTANCE OF THINGS HOPED FOR. YOU NEED A STRONG HOPE. YOU NEED TO BE BELIEVING THE BEST. YOU NEED TO SEE YOURSELF WELL. WHEN PEOPLE GET SICK, ONE OF THE FIRST THINGS THEY DO IS GO READ ALL OF THE NEGATIVE THINGS. WHAT COULD BE THE POSSIBLE OUTCOME OF THIS TYPE OF SICKNESS? AND THEY SEE ALL OF THIS STUFF, AND THEN THEY WONDER, WHY IS IT THAT I'M STRUGGLING TO BELIEVE GOD AND RECEIVE MY HEALING? BECAUSE YOU HAVE ELEVATED WHAT THE WORLD HAS TO SAY AND NOT WHAT GOD HAS TO SAY. AND AGAIN, YOU CAN'T HAVE BOTH UP AT THE SAME TIME. IF YOU ARE GOING TO ELEVATE THE WORLD AND IF YOU'RE GOING TO MAGNIFY AND READ EVERYTHING THEY'VE GOT TO SAY ABOUT IT, WELL, THEN GOD AND HIS ABILITY IS GOING TO BE DOWN HERE. AND THIS IS WHERE MOST PEOPLE LIVE. BECAUSE OF IT, MOST PEOPLE ARE MORE OVERWHELMED BY THEIR SICKNESS, BY THEIR POVERTY, BY THEIR RELATIONAL PROBLEMS, BY ALL OF THESE THINGS THAN THEY ARE WITH WHAT GOD'S WORD HAS TO SAY. AND THEY SEE NEGATIVE THINGS. THEY SEE THEMSELVES DYING. THEY SEE THEMSELVES BEING POOR. YOU KNOW, I'VE HAD A LOT OF PEOPLE COME TO ME AND TALK ABOUT THOSE RICH FOLKS, THOSE RICH PEOPLE, AND THEY'LL CRITICIZE. DID YOU KNOW THAT BY SAYING THAT, YOU HAVE EXEMPTED YOURSELF, TAKEN YOURSELF OUT OF THAT CATEGORY? You, YOU SPEAK DESPAIRINGLY ABOUT PEOPLE THAT HAVE MORE THAN YOU DO, AND MOST PEOPLE HAVE JUST SETTLED INTO A GROOVE, AND THEY DON'T EVER EXPECT TO BE PROSPEROUS. THEY DON'T EVER EXPECT. NOW, THEY MAY BE PRAYING FOR IT. THEY MAY BE ASKING GOD FOR IT, BUT THE MOMENT YOU SAY, THOSE RICH FOLKS, THESE PEOPLE WHO DO THAT, YOU HAVE AUTOMATICALLY EXEMPTED YOURSELF FROM THAT. YOU NEED TO CHANGE THE WAY YOU THINK. YOU KNOW, MANY TIMES WE'RE TAUGHT TO BE QUOTE-UNQUOTE FRUGAL AND THRIFTY AND THIS IS GOOD STEWARDSHIP, AND THERE IS A BALANCE BETWEEN THESE THINGS, BUT YOU CAN PUT YOURSELF INTO A CATEGORY WHERE YOU ARE A POVERTY THINKER. YOU KNOW, I WENT OUT WITH uh, DOUG NEESE, THE MAN WHO BUYS ALL OF MY TELEVISION AIRTIME FOR ME. THIS IS GLORIA COPELAND'S BROTHER, AND ANYWAY, HE'S BEEN A FRIEND OF MINE FOR MANY YEARS, AND he's, HE'S BEEN A REAL BLESSING TO ME. PRAISE GOD FOR DOUG NEESE. BUT ANYWAY, ONE TIME I WENT GOLFING WITH HIM AT THE BROADMOOR. AND, uh, YOU KNOW, I HADN'T USUALLY... I USUALLY PLAYED ON CITY COURSES, NOT THE BROADMOOR. THAT WAS THE NICEST COURSE I'D EVER PLAYED ON. AND SO THEY HAD CADDIES, AND THEY HAD PEOPLE THAT WHEN WE CAME IN FROM PLAYING, THEY STARTED CLEANING OUR CLUBS, AND THEY WANTED A TIP. AND SO ANYWAY, I WAS GOING TO GIVE THEM LIKE A $5 TIP, BUT ALL I HAD WAS A $20 BILL. SO I OPENED UP MY WALLET. WHEN I SAW THAT, I LEANED OVER TO DOUG, AND I SAID, DOUG, HAVE YOU GOT CHANGE FOR A 20? AND HE DIDN'T CRITICIZE ME. HE DIDN'T DO ANYTHING BAD, BUT HE JUST KIND OF, YOU KNOW, HE SAYS, LET ME TAKE CARE OF IT. AND HE WENT OVER AND GAVE EVERY ONE OF THE CADDIES A $20 BILL INSTEAD OF A $5 BILL. AND IT MADE ME FEEL ABOUT THAT HIGH. BUT YOU KNOW WHAT? I HAD JUST... I HAD A MENTALITY OF, OF THINKING POOR AND THINGS. AND YET GOD HAS BLESSED ME. THERE'S NO REASON, BUT IT'S JUST THE WAY I WAS PROGRAMMED. AND YOU HAVE TO BREAK LOOSE FROM THAT. AND SO I REMEMBER A NUMBER OF YEARS LATER, I WAS IN PHOENIX, ARIZONA, AND WE WERE PLAYING, 
at the Biltmore Golf Course, and it was a nice golf course too. And one of the pastors that I was playing with, you know, the caddies came up and started cleaning your clubs again at the end, and they wanted a tip. And so this pastor came over to me and he says, have you got change for a 20? All I got's a 20. And I said, I'll take care of it. And I went around and I gave every one of the caddies a 20. You know what? You have to see yourself doing things like that. And I, somebody might say, well, that's, that's a small thing. But if you can't see yourself breaking free from that poverty mentality in small things, then you'll never do it in big things. If you can't see yourself getting over a headache and over a toothache, and if you can't see yourself walking in healing to where you don't get the flu every year like everybody else, well, then when cancer comes knocking on your door, it's not going to work. You have to start where you are and you have to start seeing these things. And again, it's not isolated. These aren't separate things. You have to start by putting more value on what God says about you than what your parents said about you, than what some teacher said about you, maybe than what your failed business and you declaring bankruptcy says about you. You've got to find a new identity in the Lord, and you've got to start saying about yourself what God says about you, that I am prosperous, that everything I set my hand unto prospers. He will bless the work of my hand. You have to start saying about yourself what God says and exalt God and be thankful. Go back and remember all of the great things that He's done for you. And when you do that, when you do those first two things, then your imagination begins to start working for you instead of against you. When you really are glorifying God and magnifying Him, you just will automatically start dreaming big. I tell you, I dream big. Since January the 31st, 2002, I have deliberately, on purpose, sat down and dreamed big and imagined. Now, I'm not talking about imagination that is disconnected from God. I'm not talking about you just going out and dreaming up whatever you want. Some of you want a 100-foot long yacht. And so you're just dreaming. Well, if God tells you to do that, well, then that would be okay. But I'm, I'm not talking about just going out and dreaming that you have a $5 million, a $10 million home. You know, I live in a home that costs me $60,000, and we've done some remodeling and things like that, so it's worth a little bit more than that. But I don't live in an extravagant home, but I don't care to. I, what I've got is just fine. My dreams aren't about me just having a big house and a big car and stuff like this. My dreams are about changing people's lives. And man, I know that that's what God has called me to do. My dreams, the things that I use my imagination for are not selfish things. It's things consistent with what God has told me to do. I know the end result. I know where God wants me to go. And I'm back here. And how do I get there? I'm constantly dreaming about, God, what do I have to do to fulfill this? And I spend lots of time, lots of time, just dreaming and thinking about things. There's a man named Peter Daniels, who I don't know personally, but I've heard stories about him. And the man used to be homeless on the streets of Australia, and he started studying the life of successful people. And anyway, now he's a multimillionaire and gets hundreds of thousands of dollars for speaking at places. And anyway, Peter Daniels says that one of the keys to his success is he takes one day a week and he cancels everything. He doesn't do phone calls. He doesn't meet with people. He doesn't do anything except think. 
he, or in another way of saying it, he starts using his imagination. Where am I going? How do I get there? He spends one day a week doing nothing but thinking, and the man is a multimillionaire that is in demand all over the world. There's a relationship there. You can become so busy, so preoccupied with the cares of this world that it chokes your imagination, that it keeps you from dreaming. Every time I take a vacation, I just sit and spend a lot of time thinking about where I've come from, where God wants me to go, where I am, and how I get from where I am to fulfill what God has called me to do. And every time I do that, I come back refreshed, and I come back with new direction, and things begin to start working better. I'm telling you, you need to spend time with your imagination and thinking about where you're going, how you get there, what God wants you to do. You need to see these things. And again, I make this point that it is not just your imagination. You got to start by glorifying God and making to where you want to do God's will more than you want to do your will. You have magnified and exalted God above yourself and above everything else. And then you are thankful. You remember the goodness of God and you rehearse your victories and you live in that. And if you will do those two things and really put God first, exalt Him, and be thankful and remember all of the good things that He's done, your imagination will just start working for you. But if you don't do those things, then your imagination, it'll still work. It'll just work against you. And this is what it says in Romans 1.21, that their imagination became vain. It didn't mean that it wasn't functional. You can't turn your imagination off. It's either going to be seen victory and seen success, or it is going to be seen failure. You have an image on the inside of you of not only who you are and what you can do, but where you're going and how you're going to wind up. Every one of you do. You know, if I was to... Uh, ask you, like I've had people before say, you know, come and sit here on our set and I say, can you see yourself teaching and ministering to people on television all over the world? Immediately, most people know because they just have never been there. And of course, it may not be God's will for some people, but I'm saying, if I was to ask you to do something that you haven't seen yourself doing, immediately you do not feel qualified. You have to go there in your heart. You know, when I started traveling and ministering, the Lord gave me a dream. And in the dream, I saw exactly the way I minister. I saw exactly the way I gave an invitation and things. And I saw it. And because I saw it in my heart, then I have seen it in the physical realm. Everything I do, I have to have seen it. When we started on television, the Lord, I, I just knew I wasn't going to be standing in a three-piece suit and teaching in a church service. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. That's what a lot of people do, and that's, that's fine. But I'm saying I saw myself ministering this way, sitting and talking to people just like we're talking across a table. I saw this, and you know what? Because of it, that's the reason we designed our set the way we did. That's the reason that I minister the way I do. I'm ministering the way God showed me to do it. I had a vision of this. God has a plan for your life, but it doesn't just happen automatically. It doesn't happen because you've prayed for it and begged for it. You've got to put worth and value upon God. You've got to be thankful, remember what He's told you to do, and you, then your imagination, you will conceive it. And if you can conceive it on the inside, 
THEN YOU WILL SEE IT EVENTUALLY COME TO BIRTH. THE REASON I DO WHAT I DO IS TWOFOLD. FIRST OF ALL, GOD JUST TRANSFORMED MY LIFE. AND IT'S JUST LIKE THE GUY THAT THE LORD TOLD HIM. HE SAYS, DON'T GO TELL ANYBODY ABOUT WHAT'S HAPPENED TO YOUR DAUGHTER. AND HE, MAN, COULDN'T KEEP IT QUIET. WHEN YOU GET GOD TOUCHING YOU, YOU JUST WANT TO TELL SOMEBODY. YOU GOT THIS GOOD NEWS YOU WANT TO TELL PEOPLE. BUT BEYOND THAT, I BELIEVE GOD'S GOT A SPECIFIC CALL ON MY LIFE. AND I MEAN, GOD HAS ENCOURAGED ME THOUSANDS OF TIMES. AND ON NOVEMBER THE 4TH, 2014, HE WOKE ME UP AT 3 O'CLOCK IN THE MORNING AND HE SAID, THIS IS THE REASON THAT I'VE RAISED YOU UP, IS TO CHANGE PEOPLE'S OPINION OF ME. AND AS THEIR OPINION OF ME CHANGES, THEN THEY IN TURN WILL GO CHANGE THEIR WORLD. THE INITIAL RESPONSE THAT I GET FROM PEOPLE WHO COME IN CONTACT WITH OUR MINISTRY IS THAT THEY JUST SEE GOD IN A TOTAL DIFFERENT LIGHT THAN THEY'VE EVER SEEN HIM. THAT CAUSES THEM TO RESPOND TO GOD. THE WHOLE MOTIVE BEHIND CHARIS IS 2 TIMOTHY CHAPTER 2, VERSES 1 AND 2, WHERE PAUL SAID, BE STRONG IN THE GRACE THAT'S IN THE LORD JESUS, AND THE THINGS THAT YOU HAVE HEARD OF ME AMONG MANY WITNESSES, THE SAME COMMIT THOU TO FAITHFUL MEN AND WOMEN WHO WILL BE ABLE TO TEACH OTHERS ALSO. THAT'S BEEN MY WHOLE THRUST. AND WHEN I STARTED CHARIS BIBLE COLLEGE, IT WAS BECAUSE I COULD SEE THAT IT WAS A WAY OF FULFILLING THOSE VERSES. THROUGH CHARIS, WE GO DEEPER WITH PEOPLE THAN I CAN DO ON TELEVISION OR THROUGH A BOOK OR THROUGH A CD OR ANYTHING LIKE THAT. AND SO WHAT WE HOPE TO ACCOMPLISH IS TO MAKE DISCIPLES. AND IT'S ALREADY HAPPENING. WE'VE GOT PEOPLE ON EVERY CONTINENT OF THE WORLD THAT ARE REACHING PEOPLE. AND THROUGH THEM, WE ARE MAKING AN IMPACT THAT I COULD NEVER DO. Hello, this is Andrew Womack, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Jamie, and we are going to tell you about our July the 4th musical that is going yes. to be spectacular this year. It's a part of our Summer Family Bible Conference, and Jamie is one of the performers in it. Right now, we sing in it. We sing traditional American songs, and then we're going to have some new songs, and it is called In God We Trust. It's an hour and a half of a lot of American history. that would be great for your teenagers to hear, your mm -hmm. children to hear. Very important this day and time. And it's it's got the most American history crammed into this of anything I have ever seen. We did it last year for the first time. It's new and improved this year. Part of our Summer Family Bible Conference. You would love it, so make plans to join us July the 4th for our In God We Trust musical. I'd like to remind you once again to please get these materials. I've got this book and I've got a study guide, which is the same material. It's just reformatted so that you can disciple other people. And then we have CDs and DVDs. And this teaching on staying full of God is powerful. We offer this and have a suggested donation, but if you don't have the money, go ahead and request it. Send what you can and my partners will enable me to go ahead and make this material available to you. Andrew's complete series titled, Discover the Keys to Staying Full of God, is available in either a CD album or in a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. This teaching is also available in book form, or you can get it in a companion study guide, which will deepen your personal understanding and is perfect for Bible studies, home groups, and Sunday schools. Each of these valuable resources is available for a gift of any amount. 
Or if you prefer, these products are available as part of the Discover the Keys package. This package includes the book, the companion study guide, and your choice of either the CD or DVD album. This package has a catalog value of $80, but you can receive all of these valuable resources today for a gift of $55. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving, but if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time to write us. Use the address on your screen. 